there and welcome back to Breaking the Facts with me Mahima. In the last episodes we've talked about hypnosis and consciousness, both very interesting as well as controversial topics. And I thought in today's episode why not let's take these controversies to a hat trick. I mean, let's talk about unconscious. <laughs> And since it's been a pleasure taking you to ancient Paris or Greece, I thought, you know, why not this time take you to Egypt? Egypt, the land of pyramids and Nile civilization. <laughs> so, it's a normal day in 13th century before Christ era in Egypt and you are sleeping peacefully because, you know, it's a day and you're lazy. <laughs> Anyways, you get a nightmare. and you go bonkers and you rush to your dad or your mom saying mom dad i had a nightmare ah. <laughs> and instead of comforting you they start discussing with each other what your dream symbolizes and you go like dude i just had a dream and you both instead of comforting me are like discussing with each other what the dream symbolizes and you go mad and you go out and you tell this to your friends that your parents don't love you anymore but your friends seem to agree with your parents So it's now that you realize it's extremely common for nightmares to occur and dream interpretation is really important when it comes to situations like these. In fact, you find out that almost every pharaoh in Egypt has some or the other dream interpreter to tell them what their dream symbolizes, be it, you know, whether in a water morrow they die or not or whether their wife cheats on them or not. So, as always, this continued till people started asking questions as to why do we dream and if we are conscious now what happens when we are not what is unconscious can dreams be real and a lot more questions to which psychology biology and philosophy together gave answers to so let's find out the answers to some of these questions in today's episode <laughs> I cannot start the philosophy of unconscious by not mentioning Sigmund Freud. If you remember from episode 1, we talked about hypnosis and the father of neurology who was Jean Martin Chaco. Well, his favorite student, you guessed it right, he was Sigmund Freud. Freud is the father of psychoanalysis and the way psychoanalysis was formed was pretty weird. Like, you know, Freud was once walking down a hallway and he saw Chaco interact with one of his patients who was telling Chaco about his you know repressed feelings of sex and he went like voila let's form another branch of psychology and name it psychoanalysis and psychotherapy now psychotherapy as the common misconception goes isn't a form of hypnosis which grants elevated unconscious but rather the basic principle of psychotherapy states that the unconscious mind determines our behavior the very first patient to be treated using psychoanalysis was anna o in his book the interpretation of dreams he cites her example and claims that they have somehow found a way to release the repressed memory from the unconscious brain of anna o thus making her happy ever after <laughs> and how well here's the technique for you i want you to imagine ideas that were too overwhelming or that were too inappropriate overwhelming ideas for example your dad gives you something out of the blue and you go like oh my god dad you're the best i love you 
but you don't say it out loud because you know you're awkward <laughs> and inappropriate ideas such as you had a very inappropriate comment for one of your sibling but you cannot say it out loud because you know you're scared of your sister <laughs> real life example <laughs> well anyways these ideas will be stored into your unconscious brain and since these ideas are now stored into your unconscious brain they will dictate thoughts and behaviors which will reoccur day and day in your life and this difference between consciousness and unconsciousness will create something which is called a psychic tension this psychic tension can only be elevated when these repressed memories which can be fear excitement urge for pleasure etc they should be allowed back into your consciousness and how do you allow these ideas back into your consciousness well by talking it aloud to somebody and this is the very 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 reason how you know psychotherapy and psychoanalysis work and how mental therapy sessions are formed freud also said that our personality resembles a iceberg of which 1/7th is a float now you can imagine a particular iceberg submerged inside the water of which 1/7th is a float the 1/7th part is what is your consciousness which is listening to me right now whatever you're doing right now i don't know i hope you're listening <laughs> and the part which is submerged down is the ego or the identity the ego is determined by the preconscious and the identity or your true self is determined by the unconscious there is something which is called super ego also he said which is you know a connection between ego and consciousness and the super ego is formed of family and societal judgmental factors you know this explains the very fact that thinking about something consciously we take into account what will people think here if i do this yeah we do that right so this is your super ego determining your behavior apart from the success that freud enjoyed because of these theories his theories of sexuality are also very prominent in the society till the date one of which is the oedipus complex it is this complex involves a boy who was you know 3 to 6 years of age he becomes unconsciously sexually attached to his mother thus showing hostile behavior to his father and therefore killing him i mean okay maybe this is how it works but anyways you know society how it functions freud was criticized heavily for his theories of sexuality and controversies around this particular theory still remain to the date in his book the interpretation of dreams he inspired many many young minds of that era one of which was a very prominent philosopher who was named carl jung carl jung when literally was 13 went to talk to the man himself and man they talked they talked to they talked for 13 hours straight where they plumbed into the depth of unconscious the method of psychoanalysis and the analysis of dreams but jung's theory were all about sex <laughs> although both of them agreed to the presence of unconscious and his determination you know in our behavior carl jung's psyche comprised of apart from you know freud's psyche which comprised of an iceberg carl jung said that our psyche or our personality comprises of ego which is conscious mind personal unconscious which is our own memories and collective unconscious which is a part of our psyche which holds archetypes 
Now, what are archetypes? Well, Carl Jung said that archetypes can be thought of inherited emotional or behavioral patterns. And these archetypes are represented as symbols. For example, you know, we know how to behave in front of teachers or professors since we have inherited this particular behavioral pattern of standing or, you know, bowing down and paying respect from our batchmates or from our elders. And these particular, all of this is represented in our brain as symbols. So he said now that these archetypes present in dreams facilitate a dialogue between our conscious mind and our unconscious mind. So we can conclude that one thing common between both Fruid and Young was mythology. Fruid being influenced by mythological creatures, you know, which gave rise to Oedipus complex. Oedipus was a mythological creature. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Young being influenced by mythological symbols. But both of them laid a stone foundation for personality discussion open to psychology. That is who we are. And they also laid the key foundations to modern day psychotherapy and dream interpretations. And why do we dream? Well, let's find out. Now, before we start what dream interpretation means, I'd like to address the question of why do we do it? Why do we dream? Comedian Mike Berbiglia was once having trouble with his sleep. One night, while sleeping in his hotel room, he dreamt that somebody was sitting on a missile and was ready to attack him. And so he jumped out of the window in the dream. Which sadly occurred in real life and he jumped out of a two-story building and it caused him 33 stitches and now Mike sleep stuck tight in a sleeping bag. <laughs> Good for you, Mike. I'm proud of you. So the lesson here, the lesson here is sleep is not just a state of our body doing nothing, but rather another state of consciousness. Even though science behind sleeping shares consensus, there isn't actually a consensus on why do we actually sleep. Biology now states it simply. Bio says, look dude, imagine you're asleep. I mean, who doesn't want to sleep? I sleep in my lectures all the time. <laughs> Anyways, as you sleep, your body starts slowing down your pulses. You start breathing deeply and you're asleep. But researchers at University of Chicago found something bizarre after their tests fell asleep. It was expected that people after falling asleep would consume less energy as compared to when they were active. But it turned out that in a state of sleep, which is called a REM or rapid eye movement sleep, where dreams such as an ice cream tank is chasing you and you reach Paris and then you marry Zac Efron. God, I wish I could have that dream again. And what not occurs. <laughs> Anyways, in that sleep state, your body burns 135 calories, which means a lot of energy is required. So here's a pro tip for you. Just in case you want to lose some weight, get a good night's sleep. <laughs> in the state of REM, the eyeballs are going crazy, whereas the body rarely moves, which is explained by the fact that hormones like serotonin and histamine are blocked, which makes the muscles to stop moving. So apart from all the biological features, many phenomena were introduced as to explain what happens during REM state and what happens so that it makes us dream. 
the answer lies in the organ sitting inside of your skull decoding everything as I speak. It's obviously your brain. <laughs> A lot of theories have been speculated about what happens to the brain when we sleep. But one to connect unconscious and dreams is the activation synthesis theory. It states that while we sleep, our unconscious mind is busy organizing memories and sending nerve impulses to our cortex, which conscious brain and the cortex, they both like freak out. So they try to make a cohesive story of what these signals mean. Like if you want to know what dog farts smell like or why don't we have a building made up of chocolate yet, uh, your brain will reconstruct these impulses by showing you a chocolate room smelling of dog farts from inside which you call a dream. <laughs> Therefore dream is nothing but your unconscious who is trying to make sense of everything stupid you think. <laughs> Researchers of psychoanalysis also found out that people who have a proper sleep schedule suffer less from mental disorders, making sleep an important part of our lives. Freud believed that dreams grant certain kind of wishes. And all those fantasies you want to come true, they do come true in your dreams. But this theory of dream interpretation was scraped since everyone interprets their dreams differently. For me, a cigarette is a cigarette and for you, a cigarette is a redemption because it is locked down. <laughs> Anyways, now the unconscious interaction with the conscious affects our ability to make decisions and sometimes we let our unconscious win. Although this might not be a problem in most of the cases, but we do it because we let our unconscious be manipulated since it is influenced by our cultural environment or background and some personal experiences and therefore forces us sometimes to make sudden or instantaneous decisions about everything around us. This is referred as to unconscious bias. For example, research suggests that if I were a man, my dear listener, you would be nodding in agreement to whatever I say right now because people pay more attention to a male voice rather than female. And I'm completely fine by it. I know you're paying attention. <laughs> Anyways, I was kidding. So psychoanalytics have been plumbing the depths of unconscious since half of a century now. But still there is no consensus as to why do we sleep. But there is consensus on the fact that we have to sleep. So next time there are thoughts in your brain which you want to repress or you cannot get out, just try talking it out with your closed ones, okay? And it is very important to declutter our brain from these thoughts before as they plunge into something called as mental disorders, which we will be talking about in the upcoming episodes. Wrapping up on this episode, my dear listener, we learned that how our unconscious predictates our behavior and can also take a toll on mental health if it wants. Since these are challenging days, it doesn't hurt to let your thoughts out and talk to a loved one nearby. Take care of your mental health, you beautiful souls! <laughs> And wherever you are, whatever you are doing right now, I just hope that tomorrow becomes a better day for you. And I'll see you in the next episode. Till then, 
stay warm stay safe talk to your loved ones and embrace their presence you're beautiful and i appreciate you for listening to this episode take care bye